saying? Don't think you met me before. Okay, and, and, and as I grow, you're going to meet me a little bit more. You're going to be exposed to the real me a little bit more. I have to tell you, I had to introduce, reintroduce myself to everybody I know, my mother and my father. Amen. Listen, y'all never knew me. I want to introduce you to me. I'm just getting to know me. And you know what? Anything that's not growing is dead. So we better be changing. You know, people will say to me, they will hold me hostage. And they, they, seriously, emotionally hostage, they say, uh, she's changing. The money's changing. I said, listen, the money's not changing me. God is changing me. I'm changing because that's a natural part of life. We're all supposed to change. Who wakes up and is the same way tomorrow and the day after that? Nobody is. Let the experience teach you and, and be real, man. Hey, guys. This is Tea Time with Tosh. I had a little accident last week, and I want to preface that first. I said that it was episode five. Your girl was like lost. It was episode four. This is officially episode five, Tea Time with Tosh. Thank you so much for joining me today. It feels so good to come to you guys again so quickly, and I am definitely working hard and working on myself to make that a more consistent thing so that we are enamored with conversation about growing, about healing, conquering things, and just just moving ahead, guys. And today's topic is so special and near and dear because while I'm on this self-healing and self-fulfilling journey this year, as I said, it is my me year. This is my selfish year. It's me season. Like Issa Rae said, if any of you all have heard her say that in social media, that's real. And I, I identify with that personally. And um, so today's episode is just a, a part of my healing and my spiritual journey and everything that I'm going through. I want to bring you guys right on that journey with me. I know that when I come to you in this form, a lot of people can connect. A lot of people can relate and it helps you identify things that you may be struggling with, but know how, don't know how to identify it and then ways to get through it. And you may know someone else if it doesn't directly impact you going through the same that you can be of assistance or help to. And like last week, I know it was a little dark, a little crazy for some, maybe um, we talked about narcissism. This week, I want to talk about something called codependence. Codependence, what do you say? What is that? What do you mean, Tosh? Okay, let's talk about it. So today's episode is called Codependence and What Does It Mean? And um, basically what codependence is, is the need to be needed, to feel needed, to find validation and value in being needed, if you will. And we are going to just go right from there. Um, One of the things that I wanted to highlight or go over first is the different instances or situations and where that is a thing and where it is highlighted by things that you've gone through or things that you felt in your life where you were being codependent or you know somebody that is codependent. You may not be able to relate to all of these instances or these situations. Um, You may know somebody who does identify with maybe one or two, someone that may be identifying with all of them, maybe you yourself does. I know for me, I had a few of them that struck a chord and a light bulb went off and I had to start doing some self-work like, wait, these things are explaining or describing my behaviors and how can I fix this going forward so that more of what makes me happy is at the forefront of my intention and not so much other people. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about first in codependence topic is what that looks like. What actions and, and things around you or things that you've done to align with this this need? Um, the first thing is 
You may feel that you are responsible for solving other people's problems, fear that they may leave if you don't be their fixer, their savior, their healer, their end all be all, their um, connection to goodness in, in life, if you will. And a lot of the times we do consider ourselves and we want to see ourselves as fixing other people's problems and helping them through things. And so we put a huge amount of pressure on ourselves, whether it's physically or mentally, trying to do that, trying to please people so that we feel needed or feel valued in a relationship. And it's not even a relationship intimately. I'm talking about any relationship, friendship, family, whatever the case may be, and wherever this is applicable to you in your life, that is one of the areas of codependence. Another area of codependence is not wanting to say no, not knowing how to say no, feeling bad if you say no. Feeling like you're going to be um, undervalued if you say no or that people are not going to like you if you say no. And no, let's just make that clear, is a statement all by itself. The answer no doesn't require any other in information behind it. If you want to give that, so be it. But that's a part of codependence, feeling like you always have to explain why you say no. People should be able to expect your boundaries, which we'll talk about later on in this topic, and be able to just say, you know what, this person said no, maybe they have something going on and just respect it. And if they don't, then that says a lot about their character and about them in general. The next thing is feeling like you're hurt, bitter, upset, or resentful when people don't recognize or highlight what you do for them. So for example, if you're a person that overextends yourself by choice, if you're a person that is always there for people, you're always um, seemingly available when they need you, and you really, because you don't like to say no, you're always making yourself um, at the forefront of other people's need for your, your time. And that's exactly what it all amounts to, is time. And you feel, you know, just flabbergasted when it's not appreciated in the way that you feel like it should be or it's not received in the way that you should be or you're not receiving some sort of accolade or a gratitude for the things that you've done for other people and you feel like it's not received in the way that you give it. That's um, a, a huge form of codependence because when you do things, you do it because you choose to. It's a choice. Every day in life when we wake up and we're given a second chance, we're giving the ability. God empowers us with the opportunity and the right, the God-given right, to make a choice in everything that we do. So we can't always expect people to show us gratitude or even to pour any amount of, of gratefulness into the things that we do for them just because we did it. It has to be something that they feel in themselves to think to give thanks to or give congratulations to or to give, you know, some type of gratitude toward what you've done for them. And even if they don't, you shouldn't feel any way about it. It's not anything that you should expect because we can't always expect ourselves and other people. And that's a mantra that I've been replaying in my mind since the start of this pandemic. You can't expect you and other people. Once we get comfortable understanding that and setting boundaries later on, we'll discuss that more. We'll be able to accept the things that people don't do that we feel like should align with our core values of how we maneuver life or how we see things. Um, and that's just the bottom line. And then um, the next thing is avoiding a um, conflict or some type of confrontation at all cost, not speaking up uh, with the fear of losing someone's attention or losing someone's, you know, relationship and celebrationship and even just their connection. We scare, we're, we're fearful, I'm sorry, of saying how we feel and standing up for what we feel because we're 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 fear, afraid that when we do that it's going to deter people in wanting to be around us and you know that's a codependent high high um 
a high uh, thing as well on the list because when you do that, you diminish and you undermine how you feel about something or what your feelings are in, in a situation because you're highlighting what someone else may think or what you think they may think. You may be able to speak up for yourself respectfully. Let's let's highlight that part respectfully and stand on what you feel in your heart to someone else. And they may receive it and, and, and do the work to change or do, do the work to pivot or meet you at a common ground. But remember, that has to be a respect delivery to someone else on standing up for what you believe and how you feel so that there's no conflict there because then that can turn into another type of situation the next thing is difficulty in trusting your movement and fear that people will not i mean that we, they will believe or be upset if you don't do everything right so it's this notion of perfection right so we fear sometimes and this is one of the ones that i identify with along with not liking to say no those two work interchangeably. I've been a person in my overall family, whether it be with cousins, whether it be with mother, whether it be with aunts, no matter who the title is, because it, it, it has happened across the spectrum, even in friendships where I feel like I always have to do everything the right way or do everything that would make someone else happy and that would be pleasing to someone else, no matter how much of my time and myself care that I might be taking away from a situation just to please other people. That's where the term people pleasing comes in. These two work interchangeably in this notion of being codependent. You feel like if you're not reaching for perfection or reaching someone else's expectations that they place on you, that somehow you're going to feel less than or you're going to feel like you didn't amount to what someone expected in you. So you beat yourself down. You kind of do a little self-sabotage. You kind of go in these in your mind in these different scenarios of what could I've done differently to make this situation better, to make someone not be so angry or upset with what I did, what I lacked or what I was not able to um, adhere to as far as what they saw, or what they wanted from me and where we need to get clear in our minds and our, our spirits about this instance in codependency is we are all flawed human beings walking the face of an imperfect world. God gives us grace in all that we do and forgiveness in the sins that we commit. And if he gives us grace, no man walking next to us with the same life, the same abilities and the same things that God has empowered or invited in us. They have all the same opportunities. We can't allow someone else to condemn us for what we do wrong. If God is not condemning us or holding us accountable to the things that we do wrong and he's giving us grace and forgiveness, we should also expect that same thing from our peers. And if they can't accept that or they can't receive that, then that's no, no longer our problem. And that's what we're going to really delve into those healthy boundaries later on so that I can give more clarity on what that looks like going forward and how do you create a sense of I'm okay. I did my best. I tried my intention. Y'all know my word is intention. My intention was genuine. It was pure. It was clear and it was there. And even if a person doesn't receive you at where you are in that moment, or even just in that moment of time, and they don't understand that it's not meant for you to communicate that level of understanding. If a person knows your heart and they know who you are genuinely as a person, when you fall short of something that they feel like you should do, you should not beat yourself up. You should not talk you know, down to yourself or feel down on yourself because you weren't able to reach someone else's expectation. We're not always going to reach each, other, each other's expectations. We're not always going to be this perfect entity that people like to sometimes prop us up to be. And that's okay. That's where grace comes in. That's where we have to learn 
We give it and we should expect it in return. We're not perfect. We're all flawed. We're all trying to figure things out. And that's okay. Be comfortable knowing that. And we'll talk about that later. The next instance of codependency is feeling like your only value is internalizing other people's problems and making them your own. So someone calls you and they drop a pile of bricks on your shoulders. I used to have an ex-friend that I was um, really, really close with since college, all the way through adulthood. And I felt like every time I talked to this person, I felt like her issues just weighed me down. We never had genuine, comfortable, meaningful conversations. It never felt like peaches and roses after we got off the phone call more times than not. It never felt like I felt like I gained something from the the communication on the phone call because everything was always drama. It was always drama. It was always issues. It was always problems. It was always negativity. I was always left feeling drained and heavy. And I was always left feeling like nothing that I said mattered because everything that this person said was the core of the conversation. When you start feeling like you're internalizing other people's problems and issues and they weigh on you heavily, that takes away from your emotional peace. That takes away from your emotional stability. And what I'm learning in this self-healing journey is that when you internalize other people's feelings and their problems more than you internalize your own feelings and problems, that emotional abuse sometimes abuse weighs heavily, more heavily on you than some than actually being physically harmed by someone. We can dart and, and dodge a lot of physical, you know, issues and physical um, problems that come our way more times than not. But the emotional abuse is what we don't realize tears away from our soul and our spirit over time. And this is something that happens over time. It may not happen right away. You may not feel it in the moment. But when you start thinking about all of the different feelings that you feel after you interact with these type of situations with friends, coworkers, family members, no matter who the person is, because remember, this conversation is not this week about monogamous, intimate relationships. This is about every relationship that you have in your life as it relates to codependence. And you feel like this is just a heavy weight on your shoulders and you start rubbing your temples. You start feeling drained. You start feeling like your spirit is just heavy. That's how you know that your codependence is a, a detriment to your health and to your emotional being, your emotional makeup, because you're internalizing people's problems because you feel like that's where you're valued. This person sees value in you because they can dump a pile of bricks on you and you'll just take it. Not OK, but we'll talk about it. Overextending yourself or overcompensating doing things you don't want to do in fear of losing a connection with someone. And you don't assert yourself wants or needs setting healthy boundaries. Once again, that boundaries word is coming up in fear that you'll lose someone's connection or they'll be upset and just throw the relationship away. That's a lot. And it's a lot because it kind of works interchangeably of internalizing other people's issues. When you start taking on things that other people have going on and making their problems yours and not taking a step back. Pouring back into self saying, you know what? I don't want to do this. This doesn't serve me. This is a lot for my spirit. It's heavy and I don't want to carry this burden today. No, not answering the phone is like saying no. Not making yourself available for people is like saying no. Not allowing someone to tear at your mental peace for a moment in time is a form of saying no. And it's a healthy, let's highlight and capitalize healthy form of taking back your own happiness, your own peace 
capital letters, healthy, peace, boundaries. These are all key words in this conversation that I want you to resonate with, put into your spirit, let it soak into your spirit until you know this is a second nature effort, something that you don't even think or force yourself to do any, any longer, but that you just do and not feel bad about it. But we'll talk about that in a moment. That form of codependency that I just said was something else that I struggled with. And just to take a pause and I'm going to mark where I'm leaving off for a second just to get you guys um, a little bit of a transparency moment. I think I talked to you guys last season about some of my mom's shortcomings in life and just kind of where she was and how we were, you know, um, my sister and I, meaning we were having to find our way through those shortcomings and trying to get to a place of peace and healing and and, and restoration throughout her life and the the shortcomings that she had. Um, I'll just be a little bit more um, direct this time. My mother did suffer for a short period of time with drug addiction. And with that being said, um, she's become completely resilient. She's in a much better space now. Most people that meet her for the first time or that have known her can't even reflect that aspect of her life because she's grown so abundantly. So I'll preface that first. But just letting you know that I did have um, a mother that struggled with drug addiction. I was then tasked with the responsibility of being, in my opinion, a parent much sooner than when I actually became a parent. So when you see, if you follow me on social media, on my Drip and Thrift page, um, you'll see some moments where I may have dialogue under my fashion reels or pictures where I'm just putting on a cute outfit, but I'm getting real in the comments below it. And I've said that my sister is like my baby because over that time period, I noticed that I was taking on a role that really wasn't given to me, but that was adapted in codependency in trying to make sure that I'm everything that my sister needed me to be in that time period that my mother wasn't able to be because she just wasn't physically there or wasn't emotionally, mentally in that space to do that. And so I noticed that I started becoming her caregiver in a sense. Yes, my mom was still there physically functioning as a uh, um, an addicted user, taking care of her children, going to work and still trying to do the things that she had to do. But some of the emotional aspects of things that she wasn't able to cater to, I noticed I took on that responsibility. So I started doing my sister's hair when my sister was feeling down, keeping her encouraged, speaking life into her and pouring so much of my young self into that relationship and letting her know that no matter what mommy is struggling with, I'm here for you. You always have a friend in me, but also a mother figure in me that you can look up to and that you can look to, to help you throughout your life. And the more and more that I started reflecting in this self-healing journey on where that codependent started, because what they say as therapy, and I'm trying not to get emotional guys, so please bear with me, but because this is, this is um a part of my self-healing is just identifying where certain things started as a child and why they kind of have um, moved over into my adult space. And so in that moment of realizing that in that childhood, that codependence that started then in feeling needed for my sister and feeling that I had to be everything that I needed to be for her so that she would be okay, Pieces of my own childhood may have been lost or may have been put to, to the side so that I can be what I needed to be in that moment for her. And when you don't have 
those pieces of your childhood where you're able to just be and not have responsibility and not feel like even if someone didn't deem that your responsibility, just taking it on, that it's not meant for you to have to do. And just being a child as free as possible with no extra responsibility other than going to school and having fun. And those moments were moments that I identified with too. But like I said, my core being was rooted at a young age and being everything for my sister. So because of that, I became that way for a lot of my other relatives too. some of my cousins and some of my aunts and just everybody. It it just became a domino effect. And knowing that that's where that codependence began in that childhood space, it gave me clarity on why as an adult, I fell victim to a lot of this codependence that I'm speaking of, the instance that I relate to. And once I identified where it started, It's trying to get to a place of healing now to fill myself up so full that I don't have to rely on or feel bad about the codependent aspects that I I identify with right now. And to get back to the discussion, um, you're having a hard time identifying your own wants and needs or due to always wrapping yourself in other people's stuff. So let's talk about it. What does that mean? You don't know what fills you up and what makes you happy because you're so invested in everything outside of you that self is second and others are first. And that actually ties into people pleasing. And there's another instance where I'll go and refer back to the word people pleasing as well. But especially here, because when you get so wrapped up in everyone else's world that you have lost sight of your own. You tend to people please. So you tend to do everything that makes everybody else happy because that fills you up and it makes you think that your sense of self-worth or self-value is going to be making others happy. And while that is an integral piece of stewardship, it's not the totality of stewardship because being a steward of other people and sowing seeds and doing good deeds and fulfilling God's work and being everything, you know, that you can be in a positive aspect or a positive light to be deemed great among your peers and, and other people. That's wonderful. But self is the first thing that you have to stay in check with before anything else. You can't pour from an empty cup. And I say that a lot, guys. And I hope that resonates when I say it every time, because it's true. You cannot pour from an empty cup. The next form of codependency is only finding worth or value when other people need us and you magnetically become attracted to whether it be relationships, friendships, co-workerships, or whatever the case may be, whatever ship you're on, you feel like you're magnetically connected to people that have problems, that struggle, that always have drama, that always have issues, or that just always seem like toxicity is, is hovering in their world. You magnetically become attached to people like that. And then you wonder and you ask yourself, you know what, even in in not having all of this awareness or insight that I'm giving you right now, just thinking to yourself at times, why do I feel like people with issues always connect themselves to me? Or why do I always feel like I, I attract drama? What the hell about me is connecting me to people like that? Let's get real real quick, y'all, because y'all know I'm going to talk about it. Let's take the gloves off and let's be real. This is the dirty work that working on self looks like and how it feels and what we sometimes want to stay away from because we don't really want to get ugly sometimes in what we have accepted in our lives so that we can get pure, purified. You got to go through the dirt to get clean. 
The only way that you can clean yourself is if you're cleaning yourself from dirt, grime, mildew, rust, the things, the ugly stuff that kind of cloud our judgment of self-fulfillment. Let's talk about it. So you have this wonder on why you always feel you're attaching yourself or people are attaching to you that have these toxic environments around them and their makeup. And the reason being is because your codependence on needing to feel needed, as we defined in the very beginning of this conversation, is what leads you to be attracting that type of energy. I am a person that is big on energy. And I tell you guys that I'm a huge empath. Empaths feel everything around them. And I say a lot often that it's a burden, it feels like at times, and a gift. It's a gift and a burden all interchangeably because the dynamic of this notion is because I feel everyone's energy around me, I attract goodness because I like good vibes and I like positive vibes and I like good energy. But I also attract negativity because I feel like when I see these things in people, I got to be the fixer. I got to find a way to help them out of this toxic space, this toxic mindset, this toxic environment. And so while I'm feeling like I need to be someone's fixer, someone's savior, someone's saving grace, I am magnetically attracting this energy that is just heavy on me. It's beating me down. It's hurting me. It's mentally draining me. It's emotionally abusing my psyche. But I'm attracting this energy because this codependence in me feels like I have this task that I have to fulfill. This task that I have to acknowledge and fix. No, ma'am. No, sir. That's not the case. But we're almost there. How do you get through these things? We're almost there. So you ask yourself, now that Tasha has said all these things to me, now that I've identified these problems of codependency or these areas or issues of codependency, what next? How do I fix it? What do I do? How do I heal? I'm glad you asked me that because, like I said, in this self-healing journey that I'm on, guys, I'm going to take you guys along the way, every step of the way, because I feel like for myself personally, the most relatable and likable people are the people that are transparent. And I'm not saying you have to always tell all your business or always give so much of your life story to other people that that's how you can be accepted and how your your presence and your spirit and your intention can be felt. But when you share bits and pieces of your reality, of your story, of your spirit with other people they can relate to you because there are parts of them that connect with your energy with your energy with your journey with your story and with your intention share that's one of my key words this year share every time i feel something in my spirit i am moved to share so that brings me to this next part of our conversation with how do you get through levels, high levels of codependency. If you have identified with one, two, three, or more, or all of the things that I said, you're in the right place right now at the right time. Spending time with self, thinking of what makes you happy, what excites you? How do you feel when you do certain things all alone with no attachment to anybody? That's the first step to trying to overcome codependency. And what I've learned, you guys, in this last year and a half is that I love myself so much, y'all. 
I do. I really, really do. And I know it sounds like, what do you mean? But it's real. Once I started learning what makes me happy and the things that give me peace, I started doing more of that. I started pouring more of me into that. Because when you fill yourself up with the things that make you tick, you will realize how much more beneficial you are to other people around you, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a coworker, whether it be a job, whether it be a career, whether it be a child, whether it be a friend, whether it be an instance in your life that you felt like you didn't know how to do from a peaceful place. Once you do some self-fulfillment, some self-care, and self-care doesn't look like, let me highlight that, guys. It doesn't always look like getting your nails, your toes, your hair done and going out. Sometimes self-care is just saying no, getting comfortable saying no and setting that boundary that I talked about earlier. We're going to now break down what boundaries look like. Staying home with no sound. I know y'all hear my damn alarm. I need to change the battery, insert tumor. But staying at home in silence and not having anything on, meditation, peace and quiet, just you so you can hear your own thoughts and your own own feelings holding your hand over your forehead flat and your hand over your your bosom or your abdomen and sitting there with your eyes closed breathing in exhaling out breathing in positivity and exhaling negativity understanding that in those moments where you're alone you can hear your own thoughts and you can feel your energy shifting Lighting a candle and understanding that whatever aroma of that candle, being intentional. I'm a candle lover, guys. So being intentional with the type of candles and the ingredients and the candles that you're purchasing encompass and understanding what they mean. Lavender is everything to me. And lavender means everything that I embody on this journey. Power, love, resilience, healing. All of those gentility, all of the things that I want to be more of. And that I want to have more of in my spirit. I surround those things around me. Whether it be the people that I allow to rent space and conversation. Whether it be the aromas in my home. The aromas in my vehicle. Wherever I am. The energy that I take in and that I keep. And the energy that I reject. All of these pieces of healing that I'm speaking to you about, guys, these are all ways that you can find and identify self-happiness, self-awareness, self-peace, and what makes you genuinely tick. And once you've identified these things, do it. Pour into it. Go take yourself out on a date if that's what that looks like for you. Selfie dates have become my favorite. I am my favorite company. And it's not on no cocky, you know, uh, self, self, selfish shit. It is selfish, but not selfish in a negative way. I am my favorite company when I'm out and I'm not with anyone and I'm just having a little sip of something. It might not even have to be a libation. Sometimes it could just be water. Sometimes it could be my virgin Shirley temple. Sometimes it can just be Taking in the environment and watching everything around me, but feeling good that I'm alone. I don't have to speak to anyone per se, other than the the, the pleasantries of saying hello and just being polite. But I don't have to have a conversation if I don't want to. I can be safe in my energy and know that I'm okay. 
I can feel good about the environment I've created for myself and let that just be all that I need. Contentment in that. Contentment in doing that feels good. Try it. If you haven't tried it, try it. Watch how it makes you feel. And when you try it, keep doing it. Become consistent and intentional with it because you'll be surprised at how that shifts, how you're able to set boundaries with people around you. Creating and setting healthy boundaries is my next self-fulfillment, self-healing in this journey of removing yourself from codependency. Setting healthy boundaries simply means you define where it is meaningful to be there and be helpful and resourceful to others and where it may not. To give you an example, if you have someone that needs assistance on building a brand or someone that needs assistance on a healthy way to get through a relationship dynamic where the environment feels comfortable, it feels non-toxic, it's not a hostile conversation, but it's calm and it's meaningful and you can really give some real insight there, that is a healthy boundary because now you're opening yourself up to positive environments where a dialogue can happen, but a dialogue that is meaningful and that is leaving you feeling that you've helped someone, but you also don't feel like you took a lot from your being doing it. You haven't depleted a whole lot of energy pouring into something like that because it didn't take much to do that. You were able to be you and to give yourself and not feel like you've been sucked dry. Now, the opposite of that, that was the latter, the lesser of the two, is knowing when to say no when that environment is unhealthy. It's constant loud yelling. It's toxic communication. What that means is someone is negatively talking about a way of a situation. They're negatively thinking of scenarios of the situation, not from a positive vantage point or standpoint, but they're negatively draining your being with their conversation. It's not healthy. It's not getting to a better place. There usually is no resolve. You find yourself feeling like scratching your head. Did they receive anything that I said? Or are we going to come back here later? And if you have to answer, we're going to come back here later again with that, that question is answered with that notion, then you know that someone is mentally and emotionally draining the life out, out of you. They are a vacuum cleaner. They're sucking you dry. And when a person does that, that is a boundary that you want to prop up immediately. So you make yourself less available for people like that until they notice that the, in order for you to communicate with me, in order for us to be on a, a good accord or on a healthy page, your energy needs to shift when you reach out to me. And sometimes setting that boundary means not being available when they call you, not always answering the phone, not reaching out as much, putting distance between you two, saying no, not feeling bad saying no, not feeling bad saying no. The answer no is a sentence. By itself. No, period. And that's it. When you start doing that with a person that operates in that space, one of two things are going to happen. They're either going to remove themselves out of your space and go to somebody who will allow them to be exactly as they are, not challenge them to become better or try to be better for their own spe specific mental peace and emotional um, health. And 
they're going to just go on to someone that will entertain that type of being. And that's a favor to you without it even being said, because now you don't have to feel drained anymore. Now, you don't have to be robbed of your peace because you feel like you're pouring so much of your peace into someone else that you have none left for yourself. Or number two, they'll adjust. They'll pivot. I don't like to necessarily use the word change because I genuinely feel like once you reach the age of 25 and older, you typically are more of who you're going to be throughout life. We don't make drastic changes. You'll never see a 360 change. It's usually 180. And when a person can pivot, hence the word pivot from negative behaviors and start being better and start doing actual intentional internal work on being more positive than negative, that is you setting a boundary and them adjusting, pivoting to that. And it's a win-win and it's not selfish because now I've set up this healthy boundary that I don't want to keep operating in that space, but you've arise or you've risen to that boundary and you've adjusted and pivoted even for your own mental peace and sanity. You can come from a positive place. We can have a genuine connection. We can talk and get through issues. We can come up with resolve, not leaving the conversation feeling like there's no resolve or that we're going to revisit it in a toxic environment. We feel collectively that there was an exchange of give and take and not take, 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 give, give, give. Those relationships are not meaningful, people. We have to set these boundaries because you teach people how to treat you. Believe it or not, empaths, we are sometimes codependent. And even if we don't fall victim to all the scenarios I gave, we fall victim to some of them because we're always wanting to help people. We're always wanting to feel needed. We're always wanting to be that fixer and that savior. That's not our job. Our job is to be stewards. God's job is to fix, to heal, to be a savior. Stop taking on responsibilities that are not tasked, that you're not tasked with. Stop trying to be the alpha and the omega because you're not. We're all flawed, walking aside each other, imperfect. We all have grace that we need to give each other and that we need to extend within ourselves. Stop allowing other entities in life drain you dry to the point where you feel like your cup is running on empty. Start pouring more into who you are. Be okay with setting boundaries and not feeling bad about it. Dig deep inside your spirit and look at the journey, the the emotional injuries or abandonment issues or overcompensation issues that you've struggled with where it starts in childhood. Understand and get real about that. That's the ugly work that you got to do. Be comfortable acknowledging that that's okay that you went through that, but don't hold yourself hostage to it. Find a way to give yourself grace. Once you genuinely and holistically learn grace is something that should be second nature, then can you start doing the self-healing that you need to heal and become better? Like Miss Lauren Hill said at the beginning of this conversation, I'm going to be changing in life. I'm going to be growing. I am learning who I am. I am getting to know me. This me that I am, I didn't know her last year. I didn't know her the year before that. Hell, I didn't know her years ago. I'm learning her every day. But you know one thing I can say to y'all? This version of Tosh that you're getting, this real, open, transparent version of Tosh that you're meeting, she's wonderful. She feels good. I love her. And I hope that you gain something powerful from her too. 
And I appreciate your time, your attention, the energy that you gave to listen to this episode and all the episodes that I create. And I just pray that going forward, you're able to do more of that self-fulfillment and that self-healing to make you everything that God said you would be in this life. The ordered steps that he give, he's tasked you with and that he's giving to you gracefully to be all that you should be and then some. A legacy is what we want to leave behind. Something that is meaningful that people can hold us to and can remember us by when our flesh is no longer of this earth. And the only thing left for people to feel is our spirit. Let that sit in your, your spirit. Let that soak into your, your soul. And I hope you gain a huge portion from this conversation today. Until next time, loves, I'm out. One love. It's been real.